Welcome to Men Alive, a biblical journey to help us conform to the image of Jesus Christ. I'm your host, Paul Estabrooks. Our teacher is my longtime friend, Dr. Jim Cunningham, consultant in adult education, director of Go Teach Global, and author of the book, Men Alive. Jim, today we're talking to men about work. Some men see work as a blessing. Some view it as a curse. Few actions in history have altered the destiny of man more than one action by Adam, the first man, and his wife Eve, the first woman. Adam was in charge of the Garden of Eden, and Eve was his helper. They were in fellowship with God, and they lived in a perfect environment. No weeds, lots of food, and a perfect relationship between husband and wife. But with their disobedience came an alteration of the rules that have affected every man and woman since that day. Hear what God says in Genesis 3:17 to 19. Then to Adam he, God said, Because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree which I commanded you, saying, You shall not eat from it, cursed is the ground because of you. In toil you will eat of it all the days of your life. Both thorns and thistles it shall grow for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you will eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return. There are four penalties for Adam's disobedience that forever altered our working conditions here on earth. First, the ground was cursed. It was no longer a lush, productive garden. Second, we would work by the sweat of our brow all the days of our lives. Third, there would be thorns and thistles. The Bible does not say this, but it appears that mosquitoes and snow and poisonous animals were not in the original Garden of Eden. And fourth, everyone was going to die. These are the four penalties we lived with today. Ground, cursed, sweat, thorns, and death. This doesn't sound like a very happy program today, Jim. Stay with us, men, and hear the good news that comes later. Instead of accepting the curse, man has initiated endless efforts to avoid the implications of the fall. But these actions have brought a new set of complications. Man was commissioned by God to work the land, but the earth is now subject to bugs, weeds, and natural disasters. If man either neglects to control the earth or abuses the land, he upsets the balance of nature. The end result is pollution, climate disasters, wasted resources, and productivity loss. Man without God's wisdom ends up destroying the very land that God gave him to manage. Man was to work to earn his daily bread, but he was not to manipulate nor destroy the earth God had made. Some men equate their work with power and have turned their work into their primary focus. Scripture is clear. If a man will not work, neither should he eat. So God expects a man to work, but a man possessed by his work has little time for prayer, meditation, fellowship, hospitality, Bible study, or family relationships. Work must have a higher fulfillment than earning wages to exchange for goods and services. Fulfillment for a Christian employee comes from understanding the difference between vocation and calling. Our vocation is where we work. Our calling is to make Christ known through every aspect of our life. Paul, tell us the story of the doctor in China we met called Auntie Esther and her view of work. 
Auntie Esther was a little elderly Chinese medical doctor with a soft, kind voice that masked the many years of suffering through which she has passed. During the Cultural Revolution, she says, I was called in by my superior one day. At that time, I was in charge of eight large pediatric wards in my hospital. The communists were cracking down on people who did not toe the current party line. My superior warned me that I should deny my faith and join the Communist Party, or I may have to face the serious consequences of job demotion and salary reduction. A few days later, I was rudely awakened by four nurses who roughly pulled me from my bed, marched me to the hospital. En route, they stopped at a barber shop and shaved off half of my hair. In front of the rest of the staff, I was confronted to renounce my faith in Christ and join the Communist Party. I responded, I can't deny Jesus. I love Jesus. At the mention of his name, they threw me down on the ground and cursed me. Later, the communist cadre at my hospital tore the stethoscope from my neck and said, You are no longer Esther. You are now the fool. Esther continues, For the next eleven years, she lived in the basement of the hospital and obediently submitted to her new task of work, cleaning the floors and toilets of the hospital wards that she previously headed. Her already meager salary of $50 a month was reduced to $15, and she had to buy the cleaning materials from it. The rest was used up on food. But Esther practiced the presence of Jesus in her job. She sang as she worked. With a twinkle in her eyes, she adds, My hospital had the cleanest floors and the cleanest toilets in all of China. Hospital staff would come to her and with great envy question her source of joy in spite of all her troubles. Esther responded, When you have Jesus in your heart, it doesn't matter what job you do or what position you have. It only matters that you love him and are faithful and loyal to him. When the Cultural Revolution period ended, Auntie Esther was reinstated in her original job and given back pay for all that she had been deprived during those eleven years. This amount enabled her to send one of her children for higher education. She faithfully carried on her public witness for Jesus until the day she died in her late nineties. Her life motto was, When you have Jesus in your heart, it doesn't matter what job you do, or what position you have. It only matters that you love Him and are faithful and loyal to Him. Dr. Jim has written a book compiling many insights and biblical principles related to the 12 primary roles of a man. Its title is the same as this program, Men Alive, Conforming to the Image of Jesus Christ. You can receive a free PDF of Men Alive by sending Dr. Jim an email at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Great story, Pablo. I remember visiting Auntie Esther with you and meeting her daughter who was training to be a lawyer to help defend Christians who were unfairly targeted by injustice. Men today who do not have Jesus controlling their heart are masters at scheming how to avoid work. Lottery tickets, gambling, stealing, scams. Man the Manipulator sounds like a title for a book. Subtitle, The Story of How Man Beats Working. 
It's never-ending in virtually all cultures. Men in a right relationship with Jesus Christ see a purpose to their job that goes beyond the expenditure of time and sweat. God commanded us to manage the earth, its people, and resources, to produce goods and services that benefit citizens of earth. That exchange of productive physical and mental energy for food, clothing, and shelter is God's plan for us to experience life more abundantly. Scripture commands, Whatever you do in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Two questions help determine our job satisfaction, personal morale, and productivity. First, am I doing my job in the name of Jesus Christ? Does he receive glory for what I do and the way I do it? And second, am I giving thanks to God the Father for this job and the tasks I am asked to do? Why does scripture say a good name is more to be desired than riches? Abraham, Job, Solomon, Boaz, they gave evidence of combining both. And many men in scripture like John the Baptist and various prophets had a good name without any apparent riches. And we have a record of Ananias and Sapphira and the rich young ruler who, while they had riches, failed spiritually. So wealth or the lack of it is not a barometer of spirituality. A person's attitude towards money will determine his attitude towards God. No man can serve God and mammon or money. Scripture warns that the pursuit of riches has led many men to ruin and destruction. Just as the emotion of anger can lead quickly to sinful responses, so the love of money can lead to all sorts of evil. So, Jim, how does a man build a good name as an employee? All work is done for the Lord. Whatever you do, do your work heartily as for the Lord rather than for men. And whatever you do, in word or deed, do all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. Freedom to choose one's occupation is a true luxury. Many men in many countries are forced by family or the state to be a slave to the economic system without choice. Paul wrote biblical principles for Christians living during the Roman Empire when people were treated as property. Slavery was in full bloom. Paul even referred to himself as a slave or a bondservant of Jesus Christ to attach cultural significance to the servant relationship he had to Jesus Christ as his Lord. All submission to employers is to be given with respect. Peter tells employees to be submissive to your masters with all respect, not only to those who are good and gentle, but also to those who are unreasonable. Employers in Roman times were, by our standards, beyond reason in their expectations for their servants, not to mention the working conditions and stress they would place on their employees. Believe me, brothers, this program has been difficult to prepare. I do not want my words to sound like an authoritative philosophical theory without connection to reality. I have been writing this after 50 years in the marketplace. I have worked for a salary and I have been self-employed. I have served in a union and in management. I have had some supervisors who were a dream to work with and others who were a recurring nightmare. I have applied for jobs. I have been shortlisted and rejected. I have been overqualified or for whatever reason one might legally give. I have hired staff and I have fired staff. 
I have run for public office and I've been rejected for public office. I have experienced being promoted in one job and terminated without cause in another. I am not speaking in a vacuum. These are not my theories. This is clear scripture, and I believe scripture is true. Either the word of God is God-breathed and trustworthy with sound principles that work, or it is not. The choice is yours. There you have it, men. Do all things without grumbling or disputing is not negotiable. It's a command. Every time you do a task with praise on your lips, you evidence that Jesus Christ is Lord. In essence, we say, no matter how difficult the task may be, or the supervisor, we do it to the praise of His glory. Request your PDF copy of Dr. Jim's book, Men Alive, at menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. That's menaliveuntogod at gmail.com. Men Alive is a production of Go Teach Global. Visit our website at goteachglobal.com. Until next time, I'm your host, Paul Westbrooks, on behalf of Dr. Jim Cunningham, encouraging you to become men alive, transformed into the image of Jesus Christ.